Hey, welcome to episode nine of season eight of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today I'm going to be speaking with Lee Lefevre. Yes, common craft, Lee Lefevre. And I reached out to him after I read his book, Big Enough, Building a Business That Scales with Your Lifestyle. And that's exactly what we talk about in this episode. And the reason why I wanted to have him in this particular season, which is all about delegating admin and getting virtual help, is because instead of hiring a team to do all this production and blah, 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 Lee and Sachi have been so incredibly creative in how they've leveraged their assets that they have created to stay small, stay simple, but grow multiple streams of revenue through the ways that they're actually selling their products now. So he's going to go through and explain how he did that and how he started and all that good stuff. But you definitely want to go and check him out at commoncraft.com. The videos are amazing and you will fall in love with Lee and Sachi. So let's go ahead and listen to Lee Lefevre of Common Craft. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. I am so excited. Welcome, Lee, to the Simplify and Multiply show. I've got Leela Fever on the show. My gosh. I've been uh, like a, a groupy fan for like ever. So wow. welcome. That's awesome. Oh, it's so great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. And I feel like getting your book and getting to meet you, it's like closed this loop of mine mm. that uh, started many years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I really was excited about having you on the season because I think that your journey and your business and how you guys like figured it out, like talk about pulling up bootstraps and, you know, mm. doing things as creatively as possible. And it ended up being like a winning formula for you guys. Mm-hmm. I was so entranced by that. But then you've actually had to figure out how to run a business and get the help you need. So this is sure. why I really wanted you on this particular season. So why don't we, for my listener who may not be totally familiar with uh, your amazing story, uh, if you could just kind of give us a, a you know time capsule of that, and then we'll just jump into having a conversation about it. Sound good? That sounds great. That sounds All great. Right. Go for so it. my name, yeah, my name is Lee Lefevre, and I'm the co-founder of a company called Common Craft that is known as the pioneers of explainer videos. And that really started back in 2006 and 2007 when social media was becoming a bigger and bigger deal and and honestly causing a lot of confusion. Um, I felt strongly that social media was going to continue to grow and be a bigger and bigger deal. Um, Along with that, YouTube was becoming popular. Mm. And um, my wife, Sachi, joined the business Uh, joined me in Common Crafts. We became a two-person business and saw an opportunity to make videos that explained things like blogs and social networking and wikis um, for what we called regular people, like not not technology people. And back then, the technology people were mainly the ones that were talking about it. 
So, um, which is so funny. We started ex- yeah, no. <laughs> I love that. That's um, like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we started experimenting with making videos and we experienced some failures. Um, and then Sachi had this idea of pointing, pointing a camera down onto a whiteboard and using paper cutouts and stop motion animation to tell a story. So we weren't using the talking head kind of video. And uh, we published our first video in April of 2007. And we just thought, this will be fun. Let's just see what happens. YouTube is young, you know, uh, you know, we'll just, this might get us some consulting hours. It was like you and something. three other people on YouTube at the time. Right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but that first video uh, was a viral hit at the time and has been seen millions and millions of times since then. And we've been making videos that are similar to that um, since then. It, we, we, it was a, a kind of a, a, a stroke of luck in some ways that we quickly found some ways to make a business out of it. And we quickly learned that we had more choice, more options than we thought in terms of how we turned that opportunity into a business that not only supported us financially, but supported you know, our lifestyle and the a quality of life that we wanted. And, and that's really kind of what uh, I'm sharing and talking a lot about right now is is seeing entrepreneurship from a, a perspective that is that balances both income and success with things like quality of life. Yes. And to use my favorite term is lifestyle solopreneur. You yeah. Know, where we we yep. build a business. Our business is not just, you know, taking over our lives. It's actually part of our lives and creating mm-hmm. a, a life we love. Um, yeah. Not only through expressing what we do, that we you know are leveraging our our strengths and what gives us joy and lights us up, but also we're bringing in the revenue and the the resources that can help us enjoy the fruits of our labor. So I think that's yep. awesome that you guys get that and that you're out there professing it. And I think that's mm-hmm. fabulous. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about you know really seeing that. Okay, so you guys figured something out. You started seeing all this traction and you got excited and you're like, we're on to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, Sacha, you're brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? definitely. I still and then say you're that. like, okay, how do we start? <laughs> like, this is a time consuming thing that you guys are creating. You know, not mm-hmm. only the planning of the actual video, but actually creating the assets to use in it, the story, mm-hmm. the proper mm-hmm. explanation. So there's some research and making sure you've got it right. You know, yeah. if people are going to be learning from this. We want to make sure we're teaching it right. And and so on and so forth. And back then, YouTube was not what it is today by a mm. long shot. And of course, Very we've true. got Gary Vaynerchuk out there with his Crush It book telling everybody to get on social media. So you knew you were on to something. So what were yeah. some of those early decisions you made about just getting it done? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was such a whirlwind at the time. Um, we, for the first couple of months, we just kept making videos that, like wikis in plain English, which is our property, like it's our video. We didn't, we weren't paid to make those videos. Um, but we soon we start we got it, we got started being hired by companies to make videos that explain their products. Um, the second customer we ever had was Google, who. Um, and who hired us to explain Google Docs in 2007. And that's another kind of interesting story about, you know, the early days of Google Docs. Mm-hmm. And um, once we started working with companies like Google, then um, we experienced a lot of demand. We had, it was almost another job 
just dealing with incoming leads. And it's a great problem to have. And I, it was uh, both exhilarating, but also a source of, of burnout. And, and, and a we, source of, holy crap, how do we deal with yeah, this? We, we hardly had time to, to think. It was just like every Ugh. day was just pushing pushing through. And um, we were both excited and, and ready to do it. And um, it really, we got to a point, and this is one of those decisions where we got to a point where we realized that the two of us working from home could only could only do so much. Like if we were right. going to turn this opportunity into a business that could go for years and years, we had to decide, you know, what business we want to be in and, and how we want to to manage that. And um, you know, instead of thinking, okay, well, what's going to make us the most money? Uh, which money is important? I don't. I don't. I never sound. I don't, I don't ever want to make the point that money is not uh, an, an important thing, but um, we had a lot of discussions between us about we have these opportunities. We're very fortunate to have a choice in yeah. what we do with this business, and can we decide to do something unconventional, which would be to remain a two-person home-based business and actually constrain Common Craft and apply some some rules to it in terms of how we think about opportunities. And, and that's what we did in 2008 was we made a choice to be a small company and to not hire and to not build an, a creative agency and not have producers. And, and what just was work the motivation from... of that, if I can jump in? Sure. Um, there were a couple of things that were going on. Uh, we, we were both burned out. Um, I really want to be an educator. I really like to be able to use the videos that we make to, to educate people. And I think had we had we continued to grow and build sort of a, a creative agency, um, our business would have been marketing. And yeah. marketing is important. Marketing is great. But for me personally, and I think Sati too, we really wanted to be educators. Um, the other thing that was happening is that we we uh, continued to make our own videos, like I said, like wikis in plain English. So we were building a library of videos that were our own. And we started to see that those videos um, offered us another way to earn a living uh, through licensing, through being yes. able to sell digital downloads of those videos from our website. Um, it was How did another you one of those that things. Out? I mean, at the time, it wasn't the model it is today. You know, yeah, where you can yeah. license in a different way. Yeah, we uh, most of the things that have happened with Common Craft over the years have come from customers and fans asking about what they can and can't do with the videos, mm. <laughs> and uh, in this case. People were saying, um, you know, hey, I'm I'm a I'm a speaker. Can I use this video in my PowerPoint presentation? Or can I? I'm in HR. Can I use it on my intranet at wow, work? And that's awesome. And um, in those cases, they they wanted to download a video file and upload it to uh, or put it in their presentation. And you can't do that with a YouTube video. So right. they they wanted to actually download the digital Get downloads. The asset. We, yeah. we started giving that selling selling uh, digital downloads of the videos for eighteen ninety nine originally. Um, and we called them presentation quality, you know, it was something they could put in presentations. And um, that was the the first sort of product experience we had. I like that. That's that's actually really creative. And I think sometimes people forget that they can create a product out of, um, you know, what they teach and that yeah. where people can, you know, like, we don't need to reinvent the wheel here. It's done over here. And I appreciate yeah. the fact that you know, because in YouTube you can, well, you can turn on and off allowing a embedding. And there's mm -hmm. so many people that just kind of scrape something off of YouTube and they just use mm -hmm. it. 
yeah. which is why YouTube's gotten a lot better with, you know, allowing controls and, and uh, mm -hmm. copyright licensing and things like that. Plus, they have all those sensors in the background that look for copyrighted music and they flag your video if you're using something that's just off the radio. Yeah, right. yeah it's pretty cool what they can do now uh, to it try really to is. police yeah. that. But Yeah, that was a tough thing for us to manage um, in the early days was um, people started making their own common craft style videos. And um, our fans would email us all the time and say, check this check this out. They're, they're, they're like ratting you. them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And, um, this dude's copying like, your style, man. Oh, Lee, we get saw on it. Him. We, yeah, we saw it a lot. Um, and it was kind of a hard thing to deal with because the more we looked at it, most of the time we found out that the people doing it were just experimenting with a new format and weren't really trying to uh, compete with us necessarily. And, and we kind of took, took it, we try, we always try to say things as, is this an opportunity or a threat? You know, like mm. things that look like threats are often opportunities if you kind of look at them the right way. Right. And in that case, it's, it's, um, you know, we chose to educate people about attribution and about the proper ways to share versus sending cease and desist letters. And that kind of, there's a lot of companies for cease and desist kind of things is, is the way they do things. And some have to do that, but uh, our our culture, even at a two person level, was that we thought there was a, a better way. Well, that's because you're educators at heart, and that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah I and, hope so. and that's yeah. part of <laughs> of you know that follow up is you're educating them on, like you said, the proper attribution and mm -hmm. uh, usage rights, and and it's your responsibility if you're creating the asset to be able to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's like instead yeah. of fighting it, lean into it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm glad you brought up the, the copyright thing for, for, I think, solo solopreneurs out there that um, are creating things that, um, you know, copyright is the right to make copies. Like I, I kind of, through writing big enough, that idea really, really stood out to me that that is what copyright is, is the right to make copies. And that's what we do with our videos is we're making copies of them. It's what Microsoft does is you're not using, you're using a copy of PowerPoint that they've given you permission to use. Um, and I think from that perspective that if you think about what a creator is creating, they own the copyright, um, just as a part of being the creator, like it's automatic, it stands up in court that you own the copyright for what you create. You can always notify the government that that it's your copyright, which we do. Um, but I think understanding intellectual property and understanding copyright is something that um, people don't often think of in terms of their business. But I think it represents an opportunity, especially if people are able to create things that solve problems or save time or educate, you know, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Yeah, I like that. So I want to come back to what we started before I jumped in and interrupted, which I do, oh, yeah. but it's my show. So I'm going to do that from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get back to, you know, you and Sachi deciding to keep the business small mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of setting those things and then doing the downloads. So what was the next step, like next evolution where you were like, okay, we get that we're constraining this now. What happened that you decided it's time for the next evolution of what this is? Um, well, let me, there's a, there's a few things that happened along that, that timeline. Um, once we decided that we wanted to be in the licensing business versus the custom video agency business, um, we realized that licensing couldn't support us. Like it wasn't something that Interesting. Um, at, at the point, at that point, it was a, a relatively small income stream, hmm. but the more videos we added to the library and the more we were able to do marketing around our 
uh, licensing program, the more um, we saw that there were sort of crossing lines on the graph where graph where if we stopped making custom videos, our income was going down. And by licensing, our income was going up, and we could sort of see a, a cross in that graph that was what we were trying to get to. So we continued to do custom videos for a while, but we're very selective about them um, as the as the licensing ramped up. And um, as that was happening, we uh, started to think about instead of just se selling individual videos, uh, what if we created a membership service hmm. that offered our complete library for any a business organization or person that wanted to use the videos, they could just become a, a member of Common Craft and have an annual renewing membership um, that would that would provide the access to the growing library. And so we did that in 2012. And that was the big sort of jump in terms of our business was thinking about things in terms of members and holding on to members. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because I could see where if let's say, for example, there's a speaker and they're, they have a keynote and they, love one of your videos that mm -hmm. they want to license to use in their keynote. And let's say they only do that keynote for a year. And then mm -hmm. they, you know, obviously they want to keep their content fresh so they can get more engagements and re-engagements with the same, mm -hmm. uh, same company or association. And they can look at it as, okay, well, I'm just going to be a member for a year. But what they find out is that because you guys have such a vast library and more coming on all the time, that they can pick other things from it. So it's, yeah. I mean, that's probably the best membership model that I've seen. If it's mm. the right member profile, mm -hmm. meaning it's someone who uses and needs your content to bolster theirs uh, mm -hmm. and to help their constituents or audience or, or, you know, clients. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's um, yeah, that's a good point. I think that there's a couple of things there. One is that they, they pay an annual fee, um, but the library grows, so the the value of their membership grows every every video we add increases the value of the membership, and they're not paying extra for that. Um, mm -hmm. um, but also, we uh, found that with annual annual memberships, that um, for organizations we work with, school districts, universities, um, that becomes a line item on a budget. And if a budget is approved, then it just becomes a part of their they're spending that year Smart. and that's been, that's been a really, yeah. <laughs> you think like an academic there, Lee. You do. Yeah. You're, an you're an educator. You think like an academic. That's, that's good. That's good. Hey, um, we want to get so in the budget. We want to stay there. We want to hold that, that slot in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's been a big, a big way that Craft has, has remained, um, you know, successful through the years is having those renewals happening from organizations. And that's one of the biggest challenges for anybody who has a membership site is keeping the member, yeah. you know, the churn, they call yep. that churn, right? So when yep. people are dropping off, you got to work twice as hard to get new people in and yeah. keep the yeah, ones you have. Yeah. Yeah. It's way, they say it's way, and I've experienced it too, but it's, it's far more, uh, efficient to hold on to a member than it is to attract a new one. So same thing um, in business. It's a lot yeah. more cost effective to keep the customers you have than go out and get yeah. a new one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely. Great. Definitely. So what else? So you so, got the membership thing going and that's like, woo, yeah. we really amped this up. You guys are, it's like, I'm here to talk about, you know, uh, delegating admin and getting virtual help. And and so far you haven't done any of that. You've only done <laughs> well, leverage, leverage, leverage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I can talk a little bit about that. Uh, in our constraint of not having employees, um, we needed to work with contractors, we needed to work with other professionals that could help. So 
Um, we worked with a team for many years um, who were our development team, essentially, but they were they were contractors. So they were not on our payroll. We didn't mm-hmm. have insurance with them or anything like that. Um, and so uh, there is a little bit of a risk there because you're you're not you're only a customer to them. They have other customers and they might not be available like your own team would. But that was a, success, a successful relationship to have a team that we could work with on things like web development, web design, maybe some document help. Uh, here and there, but that was absolutely essential, especially once we we made it a goal to make commoncraft.com the home of common craft videos and not YouTube because we don't control YouTube. Right. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of the idea of avoiding what they call platform risk where yep, I say don't build your brand on somebody else's empire or don't build your empire on somebody else's land because you never truly own it. You mm-hmm. are subject to their algorithms, their decisions, their, their business politics, and mm-hmm. all that, all that yeah. stuff. And you yeah. see, like I just said on Twitter recently that, uh, you know, not to go into this world, but, you know, Trump getting, getting kicked off of Twitter is a great example of platform risk yeah. that they can just decide. <laughs> and, um, you know, mm-hmm. we made commoncraft.com the home of, of commoncraft. And I think that's another lesson that I think that any business person um, should make a goal. It's a really powerful thing. Yeah. But sometimes it's a necessary evil to get you to the point where you oh, yeah. got the audience to come into your world. But I'm I'm a, a a full agreement of what you're saying. That's why I created Pappy Club and everything mm-hmm. that's in Pappy Club is proprietary. It's not like YouTube yeah. and then posting yeah. and stuff. Um, you know, we ha- we also work with a video host, so uh, Wistia. If you're mm-hmm. familiar with Wistia, yep. the video host. So that's, that's since since host. the begin since we started the membership service, they've been the back end of our vid- our video system. So that's yeah, another way you, that we've you worked put with them another... in business. You kept them in business. <laughs> I helped. We helped early on. They've grown a lot since then. But we yeah, were very, they're, very. Early they're one of the newer them. ones on scene. I think they're obviously YouTube yeah. is the original, and then we had Vimeo, and then Wistia mm-hmm. came in, and um, yeah. they they brought a lot of new technology to the the whole video hosting, yep. which the others have since adopted. But yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. So a very I, elegant I'm all, solution. for sure. I'm all for using platforms, but I think in terms of your brand and in terms of where you're sharing your stuff, it's often really important to share it on things that you own. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you feeling so burdened with busy work that you're not getting the important stuff done in your business? Well, as we're uncovering in this season, you don't have to do everything. As a coach once said to me, the thing must be done, but it doesn't have to be done by you. The great thing about making decisions about how you run your business is that you can choose what to do yourself and what to automate, outsource, or eliminate. But if you're not sure where to start, let's talk it through together. Book a call with me at pappychat.com, and I will help you clarify a plan on how you can get the help you need. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T dot com. Let's get you focused on what gives you joy through expressing your 1000% and offload the stuff you don't want to do so you can make more runway for your business to grow. Mm-hmm. I agree, especially when it's your your product. And that's what you guys were creating. You and Sachi were creating a product that you not only licensed, but you had a membership around. Mm-hmm. You know, I use yeah. YouTube mainly for uh, marketing content where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm teaching things, right? My how-to videos. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for me, it's it's almost like disposable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Sure. But training videos I have inside Pappy Club, my membership, are all mm-hmm. Vimeo hosted. And so they're sure. my assets. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. 
because that's where the yeah. meat and potatoes are. And so it's Definitely. like having me live, but I'm not, I'm just on memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yeah, just yeah, dated sure. myself. <laughs> All the young people were going, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, <that>? totally. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> um, that well, that's cool. Well, what else happened? Okay. So you said, you yeah. know, you brought in some of these developers and see, here's the thing that I'm noticing. It's like you and Sachi had, you'd created something so unique with the way you were approaching these videos. And you obviously, as a couple, enjoyed doing it so much. And, mm -hmm. and you'll be the first one to admit that she likes to be the behind the scenes person. As, exactly, as yeah, that's why she's not here on the call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, which I think is is very sweet and, and smart. You know, I, I know a lot of uh, couples that are in business together and, and there's always one that's kind of, I just want to be the behind the curtain, pulling the levers, you know, like the wizard of Oz kind of thing. Yep. Um, and you're the, you're the brand, you're the face of the brand. Mm -hmm. Um, but you guys really need, you couldn't outsource and I'm making an assumption here, right? So you couldn't outsource the actual video part because you guys love doing that. It had your DNA in it. It had your yeah. style, your panache, your creativity. Mm -hmm. And and to give that up, to outsource that would be like selling your soul, I would imagine. And me being a creative, I get that, right? Yeah, that's a, it was really interesting. Yeah, time that we did consider that we've considered all kinds of things. And actually, there was a time when we worked with another organization to see if they could help us, uh, you know, like, instead of us doing the custom videos, they would do the custom videos, and we would do our own videos. And um, it was successful to some degree. But mm. I, uh, I personally, and to some degree, Sachi Chi, I just wasn't satisfied. I felt like that we have our own, there's a million things that go into a comic craft video and you can try to teach someone how to make it exactly like, exactly like it. But when, once you walk out of the room, um, there's just so many things to account for. And we were very protective of it. We, you know, uh, felt like that we were doing something that was unique to our perspective and, and our style. And so we decided like now yeah, that, that we've, we've tried that it's, it's not going to work. I'm kind of just moved on. And that's great. And I'm glad you stayed true to your craft to, mm -hmm. you know, tie that into your, the company name. <laughs> yeah. You really did. Because here's the thing. It's like everything else is a knockoff. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I can remember going to New York City and going down in like Canal Street and they're all the, the knockoff purses people. They're walking by and they're whispering and you're Chanel, Gucci. Yeah. You know, yeah. Dior. Yeah, totally. <laughs> to totally. try to get you yeah. to go into their building to buy their knockoffs and stuff. And and yep. and women do it all the time because they mm -hmm. have to have that name brand. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, you can tell the difference. You can mm -hmm. tell the difference. And yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, totally. what because of the way you create these and how unique mm -hmm. they are. And I know if there's, <laughs> if my listener has not seen your videos, I know right now as they're listening, they're, go they're going on YouTube trying to find your videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. They're going or, to CommonCraft and looking. <laughs> I was going to say, or CommonCraft.com. You can find them in both places. That's where I we prefer. To go to CommonCraft, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. But but just um, to, get, to get acquainted with the wonderful work that you guys do, I yeah, can really see yeah. that. But, you know, it does put a lot of weight on mm -hmm. your guy's shoulder to how do we scale? How do we be efficient? Mm -hmm. How do we make this thing uh, still stay true to us and what we're committed to and to be yeah. a true original? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, that was a, a, a big idea. We felt like that we were, again, really fortunate to be known for doing this, this kind of interesting thing. 
Um, and, and one of the ways that I think that we made that a part of our business was to write a book about explanation, uh, being known for doing that. Um, we worked with Wiley, so we worked with a publisher, mm -hmm. maybe it's a form of outsourcing that maybe, yeah. um, but we worked with Wiley and I, uh, in 2012, I published the book, The Art of Explanation, um, which has now been published in eight different languages and um, Yeah, Wiley does do that well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have several yeah, clients that have published with Wiley and they're like, they're prolific. They have this model that's like a machine and they're so good. Yeah, at it. yeah, yeah, definitely. But that was kind of our effort to establish ourselves as the, well, maybe establish and bolster our reputation for being the leaders in this little niche of explanation, which had, didn't really exist in that form, mm -hmm. you know, pre-YouTube. In, in that way, people have always made some you know videos that explain things. But in the YouTube era, we were kind of known for that. So uh, we saw the book as something that we could educate people, we could help solve problems, but also for Common Craft and us, it was a way to um, you know establish our expertise. And uh, I think you've seen that with your books, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, that I think books are products. You know, there's something that you I can agree. make once and and sell multiple times. That's like you you have the right to make copies usually. Um, uh, so the book was a, a big part of our, uh, our evolution too. Um, we also did things like, um, you know, we, uh, started, uh, well, let me say making common craft videos means drawing new artwork for each video. So we realized we started to build a library of thousands of digital images that appeared in our videos. And we had people asking, can I use those in my presentation or my video? And so we started um, a version of Common Craft membership where people could access a library. Today, it's over 3,500 uh, wow. Common Craft style cutouts. So it's all the same look and feel <laughs> that all match. And it's a byproduct of what we do. You guys are brilliant. I swear, you're brilliant. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, and then, you know, ha owning the cutouts, our, again, our property, our copyright, meant that we could also go out to organizations like uh, Vyond, which used to be called Go Animate, is a tool for making videos in the browser. When they started getting bigger and bigger, we thought, ah, is this an opportunity or a threat? Because if people can use that system, then are they still going to, you know, is Common Craft videos going to be relevant or whatever? So uh, I, I reached out to them and we created a, a partnership that exists to this day where our cutouts are available within that oh video gosh. tool. So you, um, you just like leveraged so, like to excess with finding where the need was, where the audience was going to be needing your product mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you went and you created that partnership. Yeah. I mean, I think that your next this book is the... needs to be a business book. Please. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, this, I, I have... this one, this one that I have here big enough is, is uh -huh. wonderful. It's a great business book, but like the way you guys think is that mm. it's like you need a book and you need to call it the way Sachi and I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, that, I there's a, a chapter in Big Enough called The Business of Permission. And I, and I like that idea right. of like, the like that's really what we do is we're, we're selling p permission to use mm -hmm. what we own. And you're right. Um, you, do, you do talk about that in here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do think that there, um, you know, that really comes back to those constraints where, you know, we're still living within those constraints after, you know, since 2008. And I think that once you make a commitment to something like that, then the opportunities look different because you can look at an opportunity and say, we would have to hire. If, if that idea works, if that was a successful idea, then for it to continue working, we're going to have to hire people. And that yeah. goes against the constraints. So we're not going to do that. So 
those constraints started to reveal this world of licensing, of partnerships, of you know, by using our byproducts um, that we might not have seen otherwise because wow. we uh, were operating in an, an environment that was not constrained, and we could just think about like, well, how do I how do I pay the people on my payroll? Uh, versus being able to experiment. And one quick thing, I don't want to just keep rolling on this, but I'm, you know, I want to, there's a couple <laughs> roll, of things baby, I want roll. to say too. And I think this is true with your audience too, that another thing we realized was as a two person company working from home, that our spending and our lifestyle was connected to the business in, in some sort of symbiotic ways. And that if we were going to, if we needed to experiment, if we needed to potentially have less revenue for a couple of years while we were trying to spin up a new business model, then we had to be responsible with our spending. And I think that mm. financial responsibility plays a big role for people who are small business people Absolutely. and realizing that, you know, you, that, that if you want to be able to own a yacht, then your business is going to have to support someone who owns a yacht versus not having a yacht. <laughs> and like that, that's just something that became a part of our culture too, was trying to, uh, really be responsible with our spending as we were trying to, it, you know, uh, a business's success is for small, for small businesses is sometimes related to how much the owner needs. <laughs> Absolutely. And especially when so much technology is integrated into your product. And when that technology goes through a quantum shift or a change in the marketplace happens, then you have to be prepared to do that. And that's one of the reasons why I love helping my clients find multiple streams of revenue that are very distinct from one another. Mm -hmm. Many of my clients are professional keynote speakers. And when the pandemic hit, they, they went out of business. Like they mm -hmm. lost all of their presentation time on stage because no one was meeting. And mm -hmm. so they had to scramble and try to come up with all these other ways to deliver value. And for those that were strictly keynote and they just, that's all they had, like they didn't have any IP, they didn't have any mm -hmm. training courses, they didn't do any consulting, they mm -hmm. really struggled. They had to scramble yeah. like crazy. And now yep. they've been thrust into this more of a consulting, training, coaching even uh, opportunities. And they like it better. They like oh, it better. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God, I can help so many more people and I can yeah. work real intimately. I mean, it's like all these yeah. wonderful things came out yep. of it. And less travel. But, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Much less travel. I have clients coming to me saying, I want to travel less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is obviously before the it. pandemic. But yeah, I mean, it was absolutely. like, yeah, it's so much about lifestyle, which is why I really love that niche that I'm in is that lifestyle because it is. You have complete and total control over the constraints you want to place on yourself, the choices mm -hmm. you make to have your DNA in your product, and also to, you know, just like run the business the way you want to run it. And you guys have been mm -hmm. so flipping creative. I mean, which, <laughs> you know, I mean, your product is crazy creative. So, but yeah, I think that, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I want, I want you to bring us up to what's going on today because I want to sure. kind of like end this on a, like a super exciting note because of where you Yeah. Wow. Headed. That's a lot of pressure, Terry. I know. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here goes. No. Um, well, you know, big enough came out in September. So that was a big thing, mm -hmm. uh, to kind of get out the door. Uh, you know, common craft membership is still, um, a thing that we're doing all the time. We're about to create the next videos that we'll publish in 2021. Um, and, uh, you know, 
uh, common craft is like my day job, but writing is kind of my side hustle or my evening and weekend kind of kind of job. So I'm going to be writing more books. And, good, um, good. I'm happy common to hear that. Common craft's newest thing is um, a streaming plan. So uh, annual memberships that we've done for many years include being able to download a video file so you can put it in your presentation or embed it on embed videos on websites like a library's website. But just recently, we've released a, a streaming plan where people only need to have a Common Craft account that unlocks the videos on our website so they can watch them. And mo most people do is share them via Zoom or, or Google Classroom during a meeting mm -hmm. uh, with their students. Um, so that's been a big push to get to get that going. Um, but, you know, we're we're our. <laughs> Let me let me say like with the part of the idea of big enough is reevaluating success. And I think that mm. success for us means being able to support ourselves with our business. And we would always we always would like more income. But I think that we we see success as being able to have choices and being in control of our time yeah. and in control of our lives. And we recently moved from Seattle to um, a place called Orcas Island. And it's where we're we're also in the process of building a house on the island that will be our forever house. And um, that's to me a version of, of business success is having the ability to do that kind of thing without having a business that that also that prevents us from having the time to to work on it. Um, so there's there's a lot going on, um, but uh, it's it's kind of the same way it's been for for many years for us in the business. I think is is kind of working on lifestyle and business at the same time. They're going to make a movie about you guys. I can just see it. <laughs> I'm serious. Like there, there's so much about your, your, the way you guys are living life that is just like, it needs to be in a movie. <laughs> That's very nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And I just have one other question that kind of popped up as you were just sharing about like your kind of like the next progression of, of your streaming mm -hmm. and stuff, which is super exciting is that has with all of these um, these ideas on how you can leverage what you're already spending time creating, you know, through the licensing and then through mm -hmm. the downloads and the membership site and, and mm -hmm. soon to be streaming opportunities, basically just creating this access for people to your work mm -hmm. without mm -hmm. you giving up the farm, <laughs> so sure. to speak. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you find that when you and Sachi are planning your next video, explainer video or whatever you're working on, that that influences it, meaning are you, have you seen an evolution in the way you approach the strategy of your content because you know it's going to be streamed, you know it's going to be downloaded, you know it could be used in XYZ application or for elementary school kids or for, you know, adult education or for, mm -hmm. you know, people who are in prison, for example, who are in sure. learning tracks, right? Yep. So yep. Yeah, I think um, we we have a uh, we have a tool inside Common Craft where members can suggest video titles that informs what we do. But I think that a big part of what we do is also trying to think about what are the problems that we're seeing that that could help with better understanding. So mm -hmm. for a long time, it was nets internet safety Gosh, was a that. big focus big focus for us was internet safety, and we have a good strong library of that. And now I think we're seeing a lot of effort among ed educators in um, social and emotional learning and understanding what it means to, you know, be inclusive and have empathy and compassion mm. and things like that, along with how to work with a team, how to think yeah. critically. More essential um, skills. How, yeah. Yeah. How to provide constructive criticism. 
Um, there's things like that that aren't often taught, but represent an opportunity, I think, for for young people to learn and every really everybody to, to learn. I, I learn every time I make a video, I learn uh, you know bits about. Well, things yeah, you that, guys have to um, do the, like a pretty deep amount of research because there's so much opinion out there. It's like you yeah. have, to have a good grasp of it in order for you to <laughs> create the interpretation in your it's, video. It's, it's interesting. I, I think that we do do research and we really value being able to, to get the facts right. But oftentimes what makes a Common Craft video work isn't finding the right facts or finding the, the best information. It's how we package it. It's how we turn those facts and repackage them into something that's engaging and entertaining and interesting and, and offers people something that like maybe they never thought about it that way before. That's really our goal and how, we, how we're different than like how-to videos on YouTube is we're, I like to think that we're doing something uniquely creative in how we present information. Maybe I'll go into my Pappy Club and just replace all my stuff with yours. <laughs> that's that's what we do. That's what we do. That's what like I feel like that's an opportunity that we haven't marketed very well is for people with courses and memberships to yes. you know oh my goodness, share yes. share our libraries within as a value add to their their memberships and and I I and, agree. Uh, well, that's that's let's pimp that out in the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you really <laughs> want to make your course, your membership site, your presentation, yeah. like have more yep. zip, more pow, more impact, more mm -hmm. value add. Yeah. Commoncraft.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Terry. You're I really welcome. appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I tell you what, I'm going to start thinking about my stuff a little differently. Like, yeah, hmm, yeah. maybe I could put some of this stuff in Pappy Club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That'd sure. Be great. Sure. That'd be great. Yep. Well, listen, I yep. love to wrap up my show with two questions for my guest. And okay. One is what in your business do you want to simplify? Hmm. Well, I think that over time, Common Craft has evolved into multiple membership plans, multiple sort of products. And I think we're getting to a point where there's too many and we might be turning some people away by simply having too many choices. Mm. And there's a part of me that wants to start over and, and be more selective and, and focus on, on just the biggest opportunities. Okay. And so what in your business would you like to multiply? <laughs> oh, memberships for sure. I think that being a small business, we we try to design it as scalable as possible. And I think that most of the time people become members without um, without contacting us. They just become a member and start using they the videos. <laughs> and that, yeah, and that's a, that's a scalable thing. And yes. um, we're always trying to figure out the right messaging and the right marketing to, to multiply the numbers of, of members because it's a scalable system. Yes, absolutely. That's why Pappy Club is a membership site. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get it. You don't need to sell me on membership sites. So, <laughs> sure, um, sure. You know, finding the key to make them really valuable for, for the members mm -hmm. is, is always uh, yeah. something I'm striving for. So, yeah, Lee, it's been totally. an absolute delight. And what I love most about this conversation and, and that I hope my listener gets the biggest takeaway is how smart that Lee and Sachi have been about staying within their constraints, staying in their lane and just deciding it's okay. We're just going to be the two of us. We'll mm -hmm. sub out what we need, but let's be smart about how we leverage and increase our revenue with our product that we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I think you're right. We take so much of that for granted. And I'm so glad that we that the conversation went the way it did, that you used all of those examples. And some of them I we hadn't talked about. So I was super mm-hmm. excited to hear as well. You're mm-hmm. like the wheels are turning in my head, <laughs> like in my business. Like, how can I do more of that? Like, that's sure, like super cool. Sure. And I've got clients. So I'm like, oh, I need to talk to you about this. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, you totally. Thank Lee, <laughs> Lee, our conversation. <laughs> So I want to thank you very much for sharing those perspectives and and stay staying true to yourself, and uh, give Sachi a big hug for me because she's uh, we'll do. a brilliant partner for you and you guys are wonderful. Oh, thank you so much, Terry. She is a big part of everything, so I appreciate you, you mentioning her. And thanks so much for having me. This has been awesome. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.